Sunday service team. I'm so glad to welcome you to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbus, Indiana. We are a nurturing group of compassionate searchers who thrive on diversity, intellectual and spiritual growth, and commitment to courageous action. So no matter what have moved you to join us this morning, know this, you are welcome in this virtual space. Throughout July, we're focusing on the and the journeys made by our friends as they step through various chapters of their life, both in years, stages, and of course, them coming from many different paths. This offers a great opportunity to know each other a little bit better, knowing a bit of our DNA, I suspect, but also it creates space to reflect on our own paths, how we came to this place, who we are today, and even a year ago, when we offered a spiritual journey series back then. Today, for the first week of this series, we have the pleasure of listening to the journey of Dan and Mallory Farrington. Dan and Mallory are great friends of many. They once said I was their best friend, and though it was after I told them that they were my best friend, I think it still counts. 
nonetheless, to me, they are great friends. They're great neighbors, even a great race buddy for that one day in Kentucky. I'm so happy to share life with them and their family in many special ways. So make yourself comfortable. Enjoy this tribute to them. Take with you an opportunity also to open your own scrapbook. Come, let us listen. I hate goodbyes. I hate everything about them. It bothers me that goodbye isn't really what I think we most often want to say. When those I love leave me, or I leave them, goodbye isn't what I want to say. I want to tell them that their warm hand on my cheek, which caught my desperate tears, made me feel whole again. I want to tell them that without their quick giggle and tender words, my life can feel lonely. But no, instead I tell them, I love you, give them a big hug and say goodbye. And they leave and I leave. I feel hollow, disoriented and sometimes lost. I didn't want to say goodbye. When those I am in conflict leave or I leave them, goodbye isn't what I want to say. I want to talk about pieces of me that are torn scratched and fragmented because of our interchanges. I want to tell them that maybe, just maybe, I've learned something new in how to be, in how to live, in how to grow. I wonder why it got so complicated and sticky, but no, instead we say with fortitude, goodbye. I may shake their hand, glad that I won't have to see them again. But there is so much unsaid and goodbye doesn't skim the root of my feelings. I didn't want to say goodbye. When time whispers to me, move on, here's the next step, say goodbye. I watch as my son walks into his first day of kindergarten, confident, filled with anticipation. These are my people, my life is thinking. Bye mom, he yells to me and signs love. I sign back, bye, I whisper. But goodbye isn't what I want to say. I want to tell him that he is remarkable, brave, that I need more time to adjust to his boyhood, his self-assurance, his friends. I need more time to let go of one more tiny sliver of him. But no, instead, I say goodbye. I feel jolted awakened to time, moving forward without me. I didn't want to say goodbye. When someone I love dies, goodbye isn't what I want to say. I want to tell them the truth about us. I want to set it straight, get to what was real, that their words could hurt, that I wasn't as strong as they'd hoped, that I still struggle to forgive them. At the same time, I want to tell them that their love made life easier, freer, more accessible, that I'm grateful for their presence. I want to tell them that I forgive them for being human, hoping they did the same for me. But no, instead we say goodbye at a memorial service and I feel captured in a storm of emotions that violently swirl around me. I didn't want to say goodbye. When life turns to me someday and says, say goodbye, goodbye isn't what I want to say. I'll say, I've said goodbye my whole life. Let me say it right. 
now. Just let me say it right. But life's hands will close around me, ushering me to something new. It will be the only time where goodbye was what I needed to say. The beauty of the world is in the mouth of a labyrinth, writes Simone Weil. We would be foolish not to follow its call. And so we enter the labyrinth, lured by the whiff of a dream still in the making, the possibility of a new relationship, the promise of a new career, the potential for a new beginning. We can never be sure what we will find once inside, but this much is certain. There will be times when the beauty of the world and with it the entrance to the labyrinth unexpectedly disappear. Some relationships will disintegrate, some careers will dissidify, some beginnings will disappoint. Unable to find the labyrinth's opening, we once find ourselves in frantic search of an escape, fumbling for the next step, tiring ourselves out in the process. Disheartened, dispirited, we feel disoriented. We get lost. The question is not whether we will get lost in life, but rather how we will move through it in faith. Will we dwell on everything that we once have lost, or will we focus instead on everything that we have yet to find? As it happens, there is much that awaits us in our lostness, much to be excavated, examined, even exalted. In not yet knowing what this will be, we are afforded the opportunity to appreciate what already is. The things hiding in plain sight, a frayed relationship, for example, may reveal our deeper needs. An unfulfilling career may motivate us to seek out a mentor. A misstart or a misstep may remind us of our own fragile humanity. It may claw our open hearts and sensitize us to the sufferings of others. When loss, perhaps the greatest question our faith asks of us is this, how will we be found? Once the time is ripe, the stars align and the way begins to open, will we be ready to embrace the mystery anew? Will we choose to trust anew, to risk anew, to hope anew? Will we allow ourselves to yet again be drawn in, swept up, taken over by that magic that makes life worth living? In the words of Simone Wheel, for if we do not lose courage, if we go on walking, it is absolutely certain that we will finally arrive at the center of a labyrinth, and there God is waiting. Thank you.
Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Packing. Packing. Cleaning. Spending time with friends too. Yeah. We've been trying to spend as much time with friends as we can before we take off. And they had a bucket list on restaurants. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they were very focused on food, of course, because our boys always are focused on food. Um, yeah, and just wanting to spend time with their buddies at the park, playing in the pool, things like that. Should we start over, like, to say that we're moving? No, no, it's good, because I can always add that. I can double back. We don't have to, I was going to say, we don't have to start over. This doesn't have to be yeah. in sequential order. No, They're no, not no. going to be a timestamp, like, yeah, wait yeah. a minute, he's editing this. Yeah. No, but, I feel like we should uh, talk about, like, our journey. Like, how yeah. did we get to Columbus? Yeah. Because it was kind of by accident. Yeah. Um, Because we started out in Chicago. That's where we met in yep. high school. Yep. And then I really wanted to leave town kind of as far as possible. I mean, and I loved you, but so I followed him to Kansas. We went to college at Kansas State, mm -hmm. and then we moved to Tulsa for your first job. Mm -hmm. And then we had Luke a few years after that. And then I was flying on an airplane like almost every month, maybe every two months to go see family. And we were making the drive Chicago. too. It was an 11 hour drive. And so, we kind of said like, oh, we need to be closer to family, but we don't want to move to Chicago. Like yep. never, we're never moving to Chicago again. Like we didn't want to. So we're like, let's move to Madison, Wisconsin. That's close. It's like a cool town. It's beautiful. We want an older house. Mm -hmm. So we even got a realtor before <laughs> any jobs or anything. Um, went and did a visit and then- We had a neighborhood picked out, like an area. Yeah. yeah. And then. You I, I found a job that was posted in Madison, Wisconsin with Cummins, and it was in the exact same line of work that I was doing. I went through a couple of interviews with them, and I mentioned something about loving Madison, and the hiring manager said, no, actually this, you know, we're moving that team to Columbus out of Madison. And, uh, you know, I was like, I don't really know a lot about Ohio. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. no. So, so we had to learn about Columbus, Indiana. I remember coming out to the backyard and talking to you about it mm -hmm. because he had just told me that and then I looked it up and we were looking for a smaller 
town because we liked the smaller college town that we, you know, in Manhattan, Kansas, and we liked the community feel. Um, we liked the fact that, you know, a lot of times in smaller towns, you're near a lot of outdoor activities and things like that um, versus being kind of buried in the suburbs. Um, and so, so yeah, we both, I mean, looking it up, we liked the idea of it and figured we, we'd come check it out. And that was only about four hours from family. So we're like, that's yeah. a way closer than we were. Right. And that seemed like a good compromise. Right. You had some friends in Tulsa, kind of like college friends, and it wasn't, it just didn't make us feel good. Like, our, the friendships were like, I don't know. They weren't very deep. They were, yeah. um, we had some just bad experiences. And We'd only been there four years, mm -hmm. and I don't know, sometimes... Sometimes it takes longer to find people where you can build meaningful friendships. Yeah. So I feel the same. Like by the time we moved, I, I had been looking and trying really hard, but mm. um, hadn't found those. And I, we were also in our twenties. Um, I think I had, I had to grow a little bit and develop as a person to probably be a good friend and build deep friendships too. So I Google what everyone does. You Google like open-minded churches because we didn't have a church like we didn't really go we went with his parents a little bit um to like a methodist church but so i googled that and did like a, a it popped up of all souls um unitarian in tulsa and i got connected right away with a mom's group and i found some amazing women and started to build friendships in a way i never had before and I never really even got involved with the church just because Luke was so clingy and so I was always in the nursing baby's mm -hmm. room but that I met other moms that way and mm -hmm. we did outings at parks and um, it was called Mums, which then we kind of brought I brought to Columbus um, so that was like the hardest part of leaving Tulsa for me was just that new group that I never like I got close with but never got like really deep into friendships there. When you got here, did you like look up if there was a unitarian? Oh yeah, there? before we even got here. Yeah. I did. So I was like, okay, yeah, we can do Columbus as a Unitarian <laughs> Universalist congregation. Yeah. Just um so that was cool that we could just search for that and and that was that. Mm -hmm. Um so another thing we did, well I did, I was just like into reading blogs about like moms and cooking and stuff like that. And so I Googled Columbus, Indiana mom blog and up popped Arrows Sent Forth by Nicole Wiltrout. And she kind of like showed her travels and her kids and just things around town. And I sent her a like private message like, hey, I'm moving to Columbus. Like, do you have any advice? And you know, I didn't immediately stalk her and ask her to be friends with me. I just more like, hey, like, what can you tell me about, you yeah. know, Columbus? Casually Is it a cool stalking. place? It wasn't really like, actual cyber stalking it was just like you know she seemed to have some connections and she seemed to love the town based on her posts and so um but she was way super nice and like I'm busy this weekend but I would love to give you a tour and um so I don't know we just messaged back and forth and and I think we were gonna meet up at a park or something and then one of the first weekends we were here I went to UUCCI I think by myself you weren't really sold on it yet. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So I went with Luke, and of course he was still clingy, 
he wouldn't go in the nursery, he cried in the sanctuary, so I just kind of like walked in and hung out in the, um, whatever you call that, entry way. And Katie Graffelman was there with little baby Betty, and like her eyes just like lit up like, oh, new person, like with a baby or with a little toddler. <laughs> and she was super nice and she immediately said, you need to like look into Mom's Club of Columbus. Um, my friend Nicole Wiltrout goes here and she's in it too. And I was like, oh, I actually know that name because of the not really cyber stalking. Um, and so my connections really like started there and I did Mom's Club and made a lot of good friends and just got out of the house. I was never, I never felt lonely in a new town. Um, and I stopped going to UCCI for a while because Luke just, he hated the nursery and I didn't really feel like I was getting a spiritual experience sitting with him in the nursery. Um, so it took a few years to go back. Yeah, the one time that I went early on, shortly after we moved here, yeah, I spent the time in the nursery as well. <laughs> and I think... A nice I, nursery, but... Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and yeah, I think um, I probably didn't help uh, very much in terms of your feeling, you know, the need to want to keep going because I, I didn't go with, you know, at first I would, you know, the weekends for me were like downtime or time to go mountain biking or recoup from busy weeks and things like that. And, um, so I just, you know, I just wasn't going very much. We went to the farmer's market like right away, mm -hmm. right when we moved here and we loved it. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were living in an apartment at the time. Um, and so it was just a nice to get out and walk around, you know, um, we were still trying to figure out where we wanted to live in town. So, um, so yeah, going to the farmer's market, going to lots of different parks and meeting mm -hmm. for picnics because I was working right off the bat. And of course, you know, she was with Luke at the time. So, mm -hmm. um, so meeting up and doing that. Um, I also got into exploring kind of around town, like outside of town, I should say, and into Brown County and things like that. Um, just seeing back roads, finding hiking trails, you know, mountain biking, things like that. Um, and really, yeah, just, we sort of tried right off the bat to learn the town and mm -hmm. um, find find places that we like to eat and parks we like library. to go to. Library, we spent a lot of time at the library with yeah. Luke. Yeah. And then when we did move to this neighborhood, all our time was spent at the park and the meeting the neighbors that had similar aged kids. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that has been our whole, life and friendships really yeah so then in 2012 we had will and oh no. all of a sudden it's 2022 honestly it's just like we i can't believe that like went like that yeah um so i guess those years were just really consumed by being with a toddler and a baby and mm -hmm. and having friendships and connections around just like made that survivable and fun and yeah yeah it was a good time and then at some point you got more involved I mean definitely during yeah. the interim process so probably once Will like stopped nursing and I had a little more freedom um, I got more involved in UUCCI you still were using your Sunday mornings as mountain bike time sleep and in so um, but I guess Will was cool with staying in the nursery and doing the children's RE and Luke was too, like he was used to preschool and um, I think having an older brother yeah. in that case helped too, yeah. you know, because Luke liked going to the nursery yeah. at that so point. they were always buddies right. and they were always together. Exactly. So, um, and then I did have friends that did go to UUCCI so, you know, we would 
see each other and are you going tomorrow yeah and so I can't remember so I guess the first thing I did at UCCI that was like more of a leadership role was uh, creating the mums group mostly UU moms which then turned into Ruse raising Unitarian Universalists um, because I loved that um, in Tulsa at All Souls I loved that program it was just like what we needed so um, that was cool and we had meetings and get-togethers and that was my first like thing at UUCCI that I got more connected um, with the other leadership in the congregation and and there was kind of a wave of younger children and mm -hmm. babies around that time mm -hmm. you know and a lot of them are still part of the congregation mm -hmm. and are now you know middle school age or or so and uh, so yeah I think that was really good at that time mm -hmm. for lots of people to mm -hmm. to give people something to do to connect mm -hmm. and yeah and then part of the congregation from that I got more involved in racial justice and just helping and connecting with the community more which was new I always knew I like cared about it but never really was a part of that um, or part of like local government that was a new thing um, and all of that really happened through people at UUCCI and then the biggest thing was the ministerial search committee that was like I wasn't working and so that became like a full-time thing for me um, just to like have something that you know, got me out of the house and using my brain more and <laughs> doing something that I cared about. And, and working really closely with a, a pretty tight-knit group of yeah. people. I mean, yeah. you guys spent a lot of time together. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's like working on a project mm -hmm. really closely yeah. with, yeah. with some really great people. Yeah, and they were amazing people that I still care about a lot. And, um, yeah, that was really important and fun, stressful work. Um, and I think we're pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, and we've talked about this a lot, like just having like all different generations working together and they're all such dynamic, um, intelligent, active, passionate people. And um, I don't know, I, don't, I guess that wasn't my experience growing up with people who were older than me. Mm -hmm. And so that just like, kind of changed my life. I know it's changed Absolutely. yours too, meeting people in our congregation. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, life is like good to the very end. Yeah. And like, you're not just done once you have gray hair or you're yep. retired. It's like, you can, you have like, if you're passionate about something, if you care about, you know, people, like you can keep doing more and right. having that like fulfilling life I yeah don't know. And your life continues to grow mm -hmm. and evolve through your entire life um which is yeah again not not something i'm sure maybe i just didn't notice when mm -hmm. i was younger you know around um the rest of my family or the different generations but uh but either way that wasn't something i really fully appreciated until some of the folks that we had met in or maybe Cincinnati. i was like afraid of getting older instead of like forward to those years yeah well we've, we've been we've spent our time in Columbus in our 30s which is like an interesting time because in your 20s you don't really think at all about growing up uh, you're, you're also in the middle at least for us we were in the middle of raising children and, and that's about all you have time to think about I feel like mm -hmm. um, and then yeah I don't know your 30s starts to feel like kind of a transition as you approach 40 um, and you start thinking a lot more about the you know how your life is gonna uh, 
yeah, what, what your path is going to be and, and what aging is going to be like. And so I'm, I'm glad to have been able to know people outside of like just my generation and get a totally different understanding of what that could be like. And like you said, how, how good life can continue to get mm -hmm. as you move along. Well, I hadn't been working for a while because I was staying home with kids. And so I was really ready to do something new. And I knew I wasn't ready for a full-time commitment to teaching. Um, and while the ministerial search wasn't teaching really, but it still had some like, you know, you're working with people and um, doing some stuff that kind of aligns with that. But I, it was fun, like going out of town and um, Dan was great. Let's just be like, kids are fine. I mean, I think they were fine. Um, <laughs> and um, so I don't know, it didn't, I, it was stressful, but it never felt like burdensome. And I think maybe because it had like an ending, like we could see the end in sight. It was like, it was, even if it got a little bit busy, we knew like, okay, at the end of this, it's going to be great. And that work doesn't like keep going. It might change and shift, but. Yeah. My observation was that it, I mean, I know it was a lot of work and I know that there was some stress for you. Um, but in general, it just seemed to energize you. You had like something, you know, that you were really working on and um, you felt really passionate about it. You, again, you really liked the people you were working with and it seemed like all of that kind of inspired you and you seemed pretty energized, even though you couldn't tell me anything about it. Yeah, I never told them anything. <laughs> um, but no, it gave me the confidence actually to start teaching again. Cause I was like, oh, I can like, take this time to do something that I care about and get paid for it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I can, I think I can teach again. So I like slowly got back into teaching, not full-time right away, but um, some part-time work and then it led to full-time work. So I've been teaching for, I've been in the school system for five years. So that seems like that's right actually at the end of the search committee was five years ago. So. Was the congregation changed or? How you view the congregation? No, like I'm, that's actually a little bit sad because we are leaving. I wasn't gonna cry. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you can pause this for a sec. I have to think about it. Yeah, I, I guess I've seen that there's been a number, again, a number of families with younger kids that have continued mm -hmm. to sort of stick with uh, being a part of the congregation for, yeah, the 10 years or so since we first started going. Um, Met a lot of new families, too. And, and, and yeah, so that that's also been fantastic, too, is just seeing new people showing up and bringing kind of the same, you know, curiosity, but like enthusiasm that, that, uh, that we had when we were first starting out. So still continued growth, but just having a, you know, also some folks that have just been just been there you know, raising their kids through that and then of course others that have been part of the church you know since it's um, pretty much since it's founding so yeah I guess it's complicated because we still love Columbus and we love UUCCI and like the reasons we're moving are also great like we get to be my family and um, that's something that we during the pandemic like I think we felt even more like we were just so far from family. We couldn't do those like meetups outside like we were doing here with friends. And we just felt like, I don't know, it just made us feel even farther away from them. 
and like sadly like we also kind of retreated you know in home and like we got a little bit disconnected from UUCCI not our friends that we've made there but just like the routine of it and so in some ways like the pandemic kind of maybe led to this decision to move just because you know you start kind of like just slowly things are changing and our needs are changing or like where we want to be but like if we really could squish Columbus together with Chicago like I would like that's in that in an ideal like universe where you could have both and I think that's the thing like our heart has like been split like we have two families and so you know my sister just had a baby and like I want to be there for her but I like I don't think I'll ever feel truly disconnected from anyone here it'll change and our um, visits will be like less often but and same with UUCCI like I'll still follow along to see like how's it going with the interfaith community and um, I'm sure we'll try to come back for some Sundays and because it will always be like a special part. What do you see as kind of like the next chapter for you all? Well we'll just turn 10 um, and Luke's 12 so I don't know. Um, for me, you know, like you know, Mallory's sister had a baby, and I think with our boys getting into you know the double digits, I don't know. They don't have a lot of time left at home, um, which is unbelievable, but but true. And so uh, part of my desire to move near family was I wanted them to spend the last you know six or eight years living at home being around their extended family because I don't know what life will bring them or where they'll end up. Um, and I, I feel like I want them to have some kind of connection with their extended family uh, before they leave, um, just in case they don't ever get that opportunity again in the future. So, Which they are connected. Like, we've done long distance and stayed close with yeah, everyone. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've made a lot of trips um, to Chicago. We do summer vacations, mm-hmm. but it's different when yeah. it's like, you can drive a half an hour to someone's house for dinner on a weeknight Mm -hmm. impromptu or you know them you know family members being able to come to school events Mm -hmm. you know I don't know so that was the big motivation for me was they don't have a lot of time left and I want them to experience living close to and and being close with their extended family because I don't know what what they'll do after they leave home and I'm, I think I always, like I said, like before, we were like, we're never moving to Chicago. Dan even said, like, I'm going to die in this house yeah. and you have to, like, drag me out. Like, we're never leaving Columbus. And I I don't know, maybe it was silly to, like, speak in those, like, finite statements. Yeah. But, Probably. like, I now I think that we know what we want mm-hmm. in a community. Yeah. We know how to find connections. Like, of course, I'm Googling, like, local Unitarian Universalist congregations around the area. And so far, that's worked two out of the two times I've done it. Um, And so, and I think we're just more mature and moving back by family, at least for me, like used to have some anxiety attached to it. And now I just feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I'm more mature and less anxious about it. And um, so it just seemed like, I mean, clearly we both thought 
this is the right time. We decided in January, like, yeah, let's just do this. Right, and we can sort of feel it. Like, I feel like there was a period of time where I kept thinking about moving there, but didn't want to bring it up because it's like yeah. the cat's out of the bag when yeah. you finally <laughs> say it. And then once I, I, I said to you, like, should we just move or what? And I could tell that you had been sort of feeling the same thing for a while. So, yeah, I, I like you said, I, I did not want to move back to the suburbs of Chicago. I, I'm not entirely, well, I know my reasoning back then, um, but, you know, things have just changed. And again, I think the pull of family maybe um, outranks some of the reasons I didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. But I, I, so I don't know what it would have been like if we had moved, um, you know, there instead of moving here 11 years ago. Um, but I do know that, like you said, we sort of leave here. Uh, I've grown and developed as a person, but also as a friend mm -hmm. way more. Like I'm just capable of, of being a, a good friend to people more so than I was before. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've had friendships here and, and so have you and so have our kids that I didn't know people could have that deep of friendships. Like I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that as an adult you could have people that you were that close with. Um, and so, you know, that's helped me as hard as it is to, to leave that when it's like, couldn't be better. That's helped me to feel confident that we will, um, that we, that, that is possible and we can mm -hmm. be good friends and we will find that there, even though at the moment, like we're only dealing with the loss yeah. side of it. We don't live there yet. We don't feel like we're part of that community. Um, so all we're doing right now is getting ready to sort of sever what we have here. And it's been, it's been really hard, but I'm, because of what I've learned here and the experiences I've had and the people I've gotten to meet and learn from, I know, I know we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Survive. 
Let's go half an ear on the radio. Life was made moons ago, somewhere behind the sky. Run for, run for those hills, babe. Let go of the dark days, let go of the world.